I don't have a bra on. You're welcome, everybody. That's flavor. We've reached like, flavor, flavor town. <laughs> <laughs> There's our intro. Welcome to Cup of Queers. My name is Sean, your he, him host. And I'm Lindsay, your she, her host. Thank you guys so much for coming out. If you guys would like to support us, review us on Apple Podcasts. If you're a real one, we really do appreciate it. And today we are just hanging out and I have a lot of things to unpack here. We're dipping our toes into anxiety. I think we've all swam that deep ocean of choking on your own spit, (laughs) so to speak. And I feel as though recently I've just been reliving a lot of the anxieties that a lot of queer people deal with when they're coming into their own and figuring out themselves. And I don't know. I keep running into people. I've said this recently, and I I know this sounds like a total garbage thing to say, but bear with me because it involves me thinking about how I'm like empathic to people. Okay. Everyone is empathic to some degree. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, unless they're sociopath, but yes. (laughs) Exactly. And so many people on, you know, Shane Dawson or whatever are just like, talking about all of the benefits of being empathic and how like that makes them such a a caring person. And I can agree to that in many ways, but what no one ever really talks about in my experience is that when you're so empathic that you actually feel the blunt end of what other people are feeling and you relive parts of your life that you never wanted to live again. And I've just been experiencing that a lot lately because I've also just been thinking about how the anxiety once like trapped me in this body it kind of felt like I was just living in like a simulation in a way I guess now that I think about it someone else like plugging away at my brain like telling me exactly what is normal and healthy and natural and I think a lot of us have these really bad anxieties that we don't know how to talk about because it's really hard to explain the feeling of having your life manipulated and having your emotions completely disregarded and feeling completely out of control of what it is that you want to do with your life and yourself. That is so, it really is so much to unpack. And I feel like we could talk about this forever because like (laughs) you said, people just like, I think people are talking about anxiety and depression and all the things much more than they used to. I'm mostly talking about the parts that are like numbing to you because what I think a lot of people try to do as queer people is just numb the parts of themselves mm-hmm. that they don't mm-hmm. want to express. And that's totally fine. And and I completely think that if you are comfortable with that and it allows you to remain in a, you know, in a safe place, I think that that's much better because I would never tell anyone to expose themselves in an unsafe environment. I think it's a really hard balance because like numbing is such a... I think common response for us, like we talked about, I think pretty early on about how we have to sort of alter our 
um, present ourselves to the world in general because we're so afraid of being rejected or treated differently or whatever. So it's just, it's like our go-to thing to be like, that's a lot. And this is like, a lot of it is just inside me and my brain and I don't know what's going on. And so we do numb. And like you said, like in some ways it's better to do that because we're surviving, interacting with people and going to work and doing all these things. But at the same time, like being able to talk about it and share and like finding people who are close to you who understand the deepest parts of that anxiety and what it does for you and um, like how it presents itself and things like that, I think are so important. I think that it's probably important to have like some close people that you can do that with. And then also like for me, I enjoy my internet friends that are far away who I truly wish they weren't so far away, but being able to, I'm just going to do a shout out, but Kelsey from Queen of Queer Mental Health is like my person from afar. And I'll be like, hey, Kelsey, for example, uh, my partner has uh, bouts of pretty bad anxiety. Like I have some, but the way that my partner experiences it is so different and I think way more intense than mine. And so I'm like, hey, Kelsey, what are some tips? How can I help this person who's experiencing something that I don't really know um, how it feels and just yeah. like having someone who you trust that may or may not be close by that you can just like sort of keeps you I don't think accountable is the right word but is grounded, like checking maybe? in with you what's that like maybe grounded a little bit grounded. yes and and I'm talking someone who fully understands mental health and it doesn't necessarily have to be a therapist right but like finding those people who are literally putting themselves out there like Kelsey does and there are so many other accounts like that who like not to just be like you guys Instagram people but who are literally just like I am here to be open and honest about my mental health so that you can too and so that I can help you yeah and I feel like that's really helpful too yeah okay and I had a couple of really profound thoughts recently that have completely adjusted the way that I've been thinking about anxiety and and my perception on the situation that I'm in because I had been touching on this, these issues that I've been having with Lindsay before we were on camera because I have a personal life, apparently. And <laughs> I am <laughs> thinking about these situations that I'm hearing on other podcasts because, you know, I, I listen to podcasts and <laughs> I was hearing about how an Indian family rejected their daughter because she was a politician and she's like kamala correct pronunciation kamala is it that i don't know kamala I Harris. yeah like people always pronounce it differently so I, I until i hear it from her mouth i don't know thank you thank you i needed that validation in that moment and <laughs> so I, what i'm telling you is that like this one indian family like rejected her for being herself in a way that was different from their culture in a way that was so much more for herself you know empowering for herself and yet her family called her like all of these bad things and and degraded her because she took her own agency in the world mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. disowned her effectively and I think that it's kind of silly and not completely accurate within the regards to queer people and their experiences but I think it's kind of silly when we like look at it from this like we if we go into big picture it's not like me just experiencing this one-on-one -on -one unique experience. Like lots of people have these types of outright rejection from people that we want it and need it from. And I think that that's like fine, you know, it's, it's okay. And when we don't live that these realities that are 
are instilled within us it's natural to feel that anxiety I am hold on I'm looking something up because I just saw something today but of you saying that you were like it's it's normal and this happens all the time like it's not just queer people it's people who choose a different career path than their family wants yes. it's people who maybe marry someone their family doesn't like it's all of these things yeah and it, this is happening all over the place and the real problem is and this is what I, I shared this today it says it's from It Gets Better, the Instagram account. It says, somebody told me that I couldn't dress like a man. Uh, and they would say, don't you have enough problems already? And I said, I didn't have any problem with it. Everybody else did. And yes. I, the name is Stormé Delarvery. I'm not sure. But <laughs> obviously, that person's comment like really stuck out to me. And I shared it. And then you said that. And like, that's the real thing is that being able to realize that when someone rejects us for whatever reason, it's yeah. not us, it's them. They're the ones who want us to live our lives a certain way and be, you know, making decisions the way that they would have for us. And it's, we're okay with what we're doing and who we are. We're happy with it. And so really it's their, it's their problem to deal with, not ours. As yeah. much as it still hurts. Yeah. <laughs> and these like gaslighting people will tell you to not be so like self-conscious sometimes. They'll put you in these mental spaces where they ironically sometimes twist the plot line where it is you that is having the problem here because your stress is bringing them down. And I think that that is effectively what has drawn the line for me personally in this new chapter in my life that I'm attempting to turn this goddamn page on. And, <laughs> and it's really just like that. It took me so long to realize just how much these same people that were causing me the amount of anxiety and the amount of pressure from within to be something that was never possible for myself. And it was really just that realization that I'd just been fed all of these gaslight, gaslitted <laughs> messages <laughs> that fucked with my head. And it's okay that my head is fucked. And I mm. think that that's fine. I can, I can be okay with that. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, we should probably work on that. We should probably get you, you know... <laughs> that's a lot that is really a lot to deal with and a lot to to heal from and I think it's amazing that you're like acknowledging like figuring out what's really going on here and it's not that you're just screwed up like someone else has been feeding you things and being able to say this actually isn't mine this is yours and knowing that you're allowed to feel that way yeah and like you said turning the page and like you mentioned to me earlier hopefully it's okay to say this I don't know that you've been journaling I don't know why. Oh, you yeah. Yeah. Some people are like, <laughs> yeah. I don't journal. That's too, that's like too, like whatever. I love journaling. I think it's amazing, but like taking that head on and, and doing what you need to do with it. I loved when you said that it's not yours, it's like theirs. Cause I think that with anxiety in particular, we feel so much responsibility in who we are with relativity to the people around us. And it's that like pressure on your shoulders. It's that pressure behind your eyes. It's the choking in your throat. And I don't know. I just, I think that they're all really connected. And I'd actually been talking to many people about what amazing journaling experiences I've been having because they, lots of people don't have the opportunity to come on a podcast like this. Although if you have any messages, please feel free to message us we are your friends. And, <laughs> and I just think that there are so many circumstances where you can't just like bust in, even with your closest of friends, 
with like this really deep stuff that needs to be broken open because it takes a long time for you to get into the habit I think with journaling in particular where you're just you know ready to jump in because what I experienced with journaling in particular is that I just like threw all my psycho stuff like right on the page and it made no sense and it didn't help anyone and I think it was it's been a long journey but journaling for me is just it's been really great I'm so glad and I am right there with you I go through phases where I'm like journaling really well and it's healthy and then like I've done the dump as well which I think kind of feels good but then you're like okay now what do I do with this yes um but getting into the habit staying in the habit because I'll get into a habit and then for some reason like my little routine that I have which isn't really routine because I'm an (laughs) Enneagram seven which means (laughs) I am just like floating around um (laughs) but getting back into it even though you're like I really need a journal because I'm feeling every feeling that has ever existed and then being able to sit down and focus think about what you're actually thinking and feeling it's a lot and it's very important something that makes my skin crawl these days because I live you know with anxiety for so long is the fact that you witness other people letting anxiety rule their lives and it is so hard to watch and so impossible to reach because it is such a thick layer of sound deadening that you're unable to hear things that are actually going to make an impact on what is going to need to change in order for you to make the necessary adjustments for Mm -hmm. like that depressurization to happen within your brain. I don't know exactly what it was that made me uniquely able to escape anxiety. I mean, sometimes it just takes being like a bold ass motherfucker to just really challenge everything that makes you uncomfortable and anxious and here I am you know just putting it on the air (laughs) maybe you should too anyone listening (laughs) yeah tell us I'm obviously gonna post about this on our Instagram account and you hopefully will all respond and share (laughs) check out our cup of queers Instagram I've been working on these visuals that I've just been geeking about. And I'm really proud of that. Yeah, they're awesome. I'm loving how it's coming together. And I love that we have the page now. Yeah, we're looking into merch. So if anyone has any thoughts on merch in general, let us know. You know, it'll be really gay. (laughs) You know, it'll be really gay and fun. (laughs) Oh, I just had a voice crack. It does. It only happens when I'm recording, though. It only happens. Yeah. Course. Speaking of recording, people need to know that that Lindsay is such a plant mom that she literally sets her <laughs> microphone on a plant. It's on like this woven pot, and this is how I record every single time because I move way too much while I'm talking. So it just sits by me, and I just my plant is literally on the screen. Which, by the way, this is the first time we've recorded with video because until yeah. last week, if you listen to our episode, Sean didn't have Wi-Fi, so this is like fun and different we're not used to actually being able to see each other this is hilarious (laughs) and no we never told anyone when I recorded in my car that one time (laughs) oh yeah that was hilarious that was when you had COVID though right literally (laughs) and I didn't even know you had COVID until afterwards you were like I can't go anywhere and I was like oh my god that's why you were in your car that day (laughs) honestly and I really stuck it out for you guys (laughs) You did. I probably would have been like, Sean, seriously, let's take a, a bye week. And you were just <laughs> so committed. 
I can't believe it. And yeah, here we are. I just, I really love doing this podcast. And I know that people have been loving it because we get messages from so many wonderful people. And I I love asking them, like, did we go too far on this? Like, do you think that this was something that was not right or, or correct? And I really appreciate all of the people that, you know, make me feel confident in that Mm -hmm. regard, because, you know, we are inherently going to say something that isn't up to date, because there are always things within the queer community that need updating. It's like, it's the necessary adjustments in order for everyone to feel comfortable and welcome. And it's Mm -hmm. not always easy if, if we've learned anything about me adjusting from using he and she to they and them, you know, without thinking about it. Mm -hmm. I'm working on not using dead names and things like that. You know what though? We, I think that's just one thing that I love so much about Zoe Stoller, who we've had on twice now. Love her. Um, Yeah. Zoe is always posting on their TikTok that like, it's all these like terms and words and things that are coming. I don't know how new they are, but like within our community, there's so much change. It's changing so rapidly and they're coming out with so many more terms that are inclusive to different sexual orientations and genders and preferences and everything. And Zoe really does. I just asked the other day, I was like, how do you keep up with stuff? And they were like, yeah, a lot of Googling. And I'm like, well, thank you because there's so many things that I'm like, Oh my God, I think I'm that. And like my partner is that, and I'm not going to walk around using those terms because they're just other layers of me and of all of us. But I'm like, that is so amazing. There's just so much. And so, like you said, we, we try to keep up. We're constantly trying to learn new things. That's also why we like to have Zoe on here because right? Zoe's always bringing like new information and not that we need Zoe to keep us respectful, but like just trying to, for us, just trying to stay like inclusive and yeah. Yeah. I mean, this pod is still the illegitimate podcast <laughs> supplier. Exactly. What was it for gay people? The who illegitimate gays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't know anything. We're just living life. There's so much like beauty in understanding things that generally aren't in my like purview, I guess. And that's Mm -hmm. what I hope to bring here as well. And I mean, there are so many different weird layers of not accepting or or them refusing to accept or or them just like slightly going along Mm -hmm. with it, you know, Mm -hmm. and I I don't know. I would also love to learn more about that personally yeah I love to hear other people's experiences since I've had like we've already talked about this we've both had like even within our own situations like all different experiences with that whole spectrum of (laughs) religious acceptance and not and how people treat you and how they don't yeah and I mean I am so interested in the new agey churches that I see around here and someone close to me someone very close to me that I've known for my entire life is a part of this sort of church organization. I believe that they just refer to themselves as Christians. And it is interesting because my two worlds are colliding in this way, where mm-hmm. I know people within these organizations. And then I also know other people who had spent their time there and were rejected upon coming out. And it was it, it was really detrimental for me to hear this because I'd been around both of them and I shouldn't be judging anyone for anything inherently as they you know I would be doing the same thing that they're doing um to my people and 
like I have some really good friends that go to uh I think they call it like affirming churches okay. where like the pastor signs their name and their emails with like their pronouns, which obviously means that they're like, Hey, you're welcome here. And then they have like the rainbow flag on the door and they're just super affirming and inclusive and stuff. And it's like, I've asked and I've inquired and I'm like, I'm actually interested in this, but I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to even like dig into that because it is like, well, the same the word is church and it's the same word that applies to the place that made me feel like shit supposed to make me to, to know that like I'm loved by this guy who died for us and I'm like but how are you both the same entity how does that work <laughs> so yeah. yeah that could be five whole podcast episodes talking about more on that <laughs> I think that this also makes a lot of sense because I mean in a weird roundabout way okay bear with me but it's like all of these anxieties that I've dealt with have stemmed in one way or another from the churches and what they have taught the people who raised me and mm. how that has affected a lot of our anxieties and how we deal with it and how you're expected to deal with it or or ignore it, which is essentially the way of <laughs> I've been raised. So. Like, I know how messed up I am. And I like my mom did her freaking best for me and like talking to my partner and like almost everyone is just like, I am so messed up and I'm trying to deal with it and whatever. But just like talking to you and like thinking about all the things that we're told when we're younger, whether by our parents or church or friends at school or whatever teachers. And then we like grow up to have anxiety and depression and like fear of abandonment, all these things. And I'm like, I have a kid in the other room and I'm like, what am I (laughs) accidentally going to do to my poor baby no (laughs) impossible he's perfect he is perfect he's gonna be the one that just makes it through (laughs) yes i believe it something that i'd thought about you know just casually in the shower um (laughs) shower thoughts are the best thoughts (laughs) yeah true and i was thinking about how recently i've gotten over the second part of my anxiety where essentially you just fake it until you make it type thing. Mm -hmm. And so I really just went overboard on the other end of the spectrum of confidence where I was like overbearing because it was what I would thought was natural, you know, in a way to like neutral it out or something like that. Maybe it's not like the total explanation because I have yet to grasp that one, but do you ever feel that way personally where you just like go so far in the other direction just to make up for it personally I I definitely know people who have done that they come off like so confident and everything but really they're just like protecting their little inner wounded self and I don't necessarily think that I come off as really confident but I have figured out ways to like stop feeling anxiety or fear or pain and again that is an Enneagram seven thing. Like I hate pain and boredom and just like feeling any kind of negative emotion. So <laughs> instead of just be pretending I'm confident, I move, I clean and I avoid. And I, I'm just constantly like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do next to just not feel this thing? And so that's kind of my approach to the problem that we both are trying Dang. to figure out. Like, where's that happy medium? How am I both dealing with this in a healthy way while also like still living my life and not letting it consume me. And yeah, it's just how it like manifests. I'm so glad that you brought that up because 
I think a lot of us in this economy have like jobs and I think that a lot of us just bury ourselves in them and mm. it's really easy to get caught up in like the work drama or work coworkers' lives. And I think that it can be like such a black hole of just keeping ourselves a little bit number, number. Mm. Oh my God. <laughs> Cut me off. I just, I also think that like going on phones is a part of the numbing process. Um, I was going to say that that's one of my big ones is just like vegging out and like consuming all this like worthless Instagram content, which I just posted out today. I was like, I'm done. Like, these are the things that I no longer want to see. And these are the things that I would like to continue to see. And I've challenged my followers to do the same, like stop following people who you're like, I don't actually like this. And just like mindlessly yes. like, uh, tailor your social media to be what you actually what I want is inspiration, challenging, like people challenging me to think outside the box and yes. be a better person or like reality. I don't want to see just like beautiful, happy, perfect couples kissing. Give just, me some spice. <laughs> give me people who look like I look right now with a messy bun, no makeup on. I'm in jammies. I don't have a bra on. You're welcome, everybody. That's flavor. We've reached <laughs> like, flavor, flavor town. <laughs> <laughs> There's our intro. <laughs> Uh, I actually just a couple minutes ago was like, I don't think I've said anything that's just spicy yet today. And there it is. You're welcome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and I think another thing that really triggers people's anxieties, and I mean, there's statistics to back it up, but you know, there's a lot of phone related anxieties that I felt personally. I don't know if you've ever felt this like personal obligation to keep people informed or, or to keep mm -hmm. people updated or even to just text people back immediately because they need it immediately. Mm -hmm. It's like so anxiety inducing sometimes, but mm -hmm. I think I've just made it like exactly what I want it to be and like nothing more and nothing less. Mm -hmm. And if I don't feel like doing it, like it's not gonna happen for me. And I, I, I just want people to have a worthwhile experience while viewing anything that I contribute or hearing anything that I contribute to the internet landscape people. <laughs> I totally feel that way and I've actually been posting about that a lot lately about like you know prioritizing your mental health which is perfect because now we're talking about that and like if your family you know something we just unfortunately uh lost a friend and we're just like reeling and I haven't done my normal kind of posts because it doesn't feel right and so I've just been like hey everybody remember that life and family and raising your kids and taking care of yourself is more important than that obligation to post and to look good. And like you said, the quality and the quantity yes. and all that stuff. And like, I love posting on my stories. I love updating my stories because for me, it's just like, it's almost like a visual journal and I love yes. doing that. But if I don't want to post on my feed that day, I'm not going to. And I no longer, am, I don't care about followers. I'm not trying to make money. Like for a while, I was like, I could do something with this. And I'm like, you know what? No, because I don't want to ever feel like it's a job. And I hope that other people will see and hear us saying that. Not like we're the like first geniuses that were ever like, you guys, Instagram isn't life. But <laughs> just <laughs> what, a, what a new idea. I'm such a genius at 9.30 p.m. on a Monday. <laughs> There's like a rap lyric that I was hearing recently. And like with regards to not having like hate in your heart and just doing everything with like the intention of putting love in the world a little bit. 
I think that as long as we just include a little part of something that matters, I'm just looking for a little bit of intention behind my Instagram post. That's all. Amen. Yeah. Um, I love that. Okay, fine. I won't unfollow you then. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm so happy. You make the short list. <laughs> um, well, I, I really am happy that you guys came to hang out with us on this little late night chill sesh. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me. I think you're okay. always lovely. <laughs> and I hope you feel much better soon. You and Stacy, I'm sending you my very best. Yeah, thanks. We'll get there. You will. And I will check in with you guys soon. And we post every Wednesday. That is Wed Nesday. This is Cup of Queers. My name is Sean, your he, him host. I'm Lindsay, she, her. I love you guys. Are you ready? Ready. Cheers. Cheers.